De Niro, Pacino, Gugino, Neutrino, Maraschino, Gran Torino. We discuss Righteous Kill. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Kalen, and I'm Megan O'Neill. Yeah. That, Whoa. Hey. Hey. That mellifluous uh, <laughs> lady voice that you're hearing—that doesn't sound like Stuart R. No. Wellington. Who who let this gal in into the room? Well, huh? well, we did technically. Oh, I mean, hi. I did. You did, Dan. Your I unlocked <laughs> the door and showed you up to my apartment. What a mistake! Whoa. Hey, you're a married man. That was well. My wife's at the bar. Whoa! Oh, even worse. Trouble in paradise, huh? (laughs) She's visiting with friends, but sure, you can interpret it how you like. He just did air quotation around friends. Um, And visiting. And visiting. Stuart isn't here. Stuart's at uh, what he calls dude night. Last week. (laughs) I I feel like I'm at dude night. Yeah? But I like it. Well, these are different dudes than he hangs out with. We aren't... Playing a fantasy version of football, and by fantasy version of football, I don't mean fantasy football. I mean a game where a bunch of uh, orcs <laughs> and uh, goblins and elves play football. And stuff. Yeah, play football. Not real orcs, but like mini figs. Those are expensive. <laughs> those are hard to get and little, hard to keep. Little pewter or lead figurines that have been painted play football with each other. Um, and that's what Stuart does on Wednesdays, ladies and gentlemen. I like to all think he also play acts the interviews in the locker room after <laughs> uh-huh. the game. <laughs> mm. Sir, why don't so, you put a towel on? So there are a couple things you won't be uh, hearing about tonight, among them uh, the size of Stuart's penis. He talks about that? The size of condoms that he buys. Right. Uh, Magnums, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's what he says. Well, he recently oh. switched over. We've been hearing a lot about Um, that. He's been telling us a lot about his his amazing new switch. Wait, okay, but we're not supposed to be hearing about these things. No, we're not. I will ask him that in confidence. I was going to say we weren't going to hear about our uh, leading lady's breasts, but Elliot might still contribute. uh, Well, just because it's a particular leading lady that I have an affection for. But before that, (laughs) let's introduce... Megan, our um, not the leading lady breasts you were just talking no. about. No, our le- our leading lady in the studio here. Oh, <laughs> which is my apartment. <laughs> Megan, very nice. Who yes. are you? I'm Megan O'Neill. I have a, an older sister, Jill, that lives in Jersey City. Okay, Unnecessary well. information. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Keep it moving. Let's okay. Go. All right. So I I was uh, I was born in Nebraska. Keep and it I, moving. Okay. Again. And I was raised in Kalamazoo. Okay. Keep going. I live in. I mostly live in Park Slope. All right. There we go. And, and what do you do? Go Brooklyn. I work with Dan. In, not professionally. Not professionally, but in a creative sense, we uh, collaborate together on the Mr. White Pants Comedy Hour. Which is a very funny show. show. Which is a very funny sketch show. Check it out. www.mrwhitepantscomedy.com And I actually suggest that you go to mrwhitepants.com just to see what happens. And you're also some sort of uh, buccaneer. Like you sail the seven seas. Yes, I'm a story pirate as Uh well. Uh, I work with a group uh, doing uh, writing workshops uh, in elementary schools and then we get to uh, act out the, the kids' stories. Very funny stuff. I'm going to be gone for a month touring with the Story Pirates. That's uh, not what I imagine Story Pirates to be. I imagine you imagine more like Somali pirates. Yeah, I imagine You're a group wrong. of violent uh, men, mainly bearded, perhaps, who well, you know pull up uh, next to a library. You've almost got yeah, it and right. They go into the yeah. books like Gumby would, and they take over the stories. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. Basically. Yeah, basically like they're close. like they're just hopping on pop, and then the story pirates come right. along and kill pop, and they take the kids and sell them. And it's more like we pillage the stories from the children themselves because they have better ideas than we. Have. <laughs> I will. You and make then the, murder kids, the kids, and then we murder. Oh no! You make the kids sign a work for hire agreement. 
They make no, almost uh-huh. nothing. You own almost. all the rights. Anything well, that yeah, anything that they write during the story pirates is the intellectual property of you. That's right. The story, the story pirates. That's right. Except the songs that that our uh, composer writes, Eli Bolin. But actually, John Stewart is a big is a big supporter of yeah, story well, pirates. Well, I'll ask him that. And, and see. Kristen Shaw <laughs> is a story that. pirate. I'll ask Go her ahead. that. Go ahead. All right. She never mentioned it to me. Stop okay, not, fine. Stop dropping names. <laughs> she I, was dropping uh, them. I'm not dropping anything. <laughs> Uh, I don't know these people. Who did I meet? Um, yeah, who's someone. A, a famous uh. person you know besides me? Uh. <laughs> Take that. R-O-C-K in the USA. <laughs> Haven't pulled that one out for a while. Anyway, we watched a movie tonight. I know. Oh, did we ever. For a change. I don't know if what we watched tonight could be called a movie. Well, hold on. It was more a collage. Oh. Let me reset this uh, for people who Set may be up. joining us. Here at the Flophouse, we watch a movie, a bad movie. Or at that <laughs> one that we assume we watch to a be movie. bad. You would think a good one for the enjoyment. No, nope. Au, au contraire. <laughs> Suffice to say, it is the opposing type. And let me clear up something about the title. By the way, some people have pointed out that movies that we've watched in the past haven't been technically flops in mm. the um, blockbuster sense of the word. In okay. the uh, you know that in the box financial office. success. Yeah, yeah. That suggests there's only one measure of success, and that is right. the almighty dollar. The Whereas dollar. we encompass true, critical but... flops as well. I right. think we just kind of so in your things face, that are, listeners, things that are generally bad. Yeah, in your face, loyal listeners, <laughs> suck it. All, all two of you. How many loyal listeners? <laughs> we got at least three. Oh, okay. All right. I'm imagining listeners across the world in the middle of their jogs, pulling their iPod out <laughs> and, and throwing it into the pond, throwing it into lakes and electrocuting <laughs> fish. <laughs> Uh, I but uh, this, delicious fish. This, Wait, did that happen in this film? Because it seems like maybe it I don't know. This movie was know. about <laughs> a thousand hours long. This movie was a both a critical and commercial flop. I yeah, believe. in this case, it was not a success. It was, it was a failure on every level. Righteous kill. Righteous dun, kill. Dun, dun, dun. This and I don't know if you guys remember the posters that were up for this movie all over New York. I don't. But it just said "Righteous Killing Me" letters and had Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. In this like tough guy, or glowering. Photo, glowering at you, the the looker, as the if looker to say, on. "Yeah, we made a movie called Righteous <laughs> Kill. What of it? What of it? You gonna come see it? No, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. fine. You gonna go see, see a either. movie, or else I don't know. We're old. We can't do that much. Yeah, <laughs> it's about two elderly cops. <laughs> <laughs> like I adventures. wish they had made a comedy about two guys who used to be dirty, hairy type cops who are yeah. now too old for their work yeah. and refuse to retire. That would have been very funny, and they would have been very good in it. Yeah, it also would have made more put sense. Put Morgan Freeman in it, I guess. And if it was called like, yeah, Mor- I mean, put Morgan. No, Morgan Freeman's in too much stuff. All right, he needs to dial back, become exclusive again. Put Bill Murray in it. Yeah, no, Bill Murray do. could have been like the police commissioner. Yep. Yeah, it's a small character really part. But yeah. that's that's me. I think every movie needs more Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have often thought that while watching any movie, pornography, pornography. <laughs> Schindler's List, anything. <laughs> anything on YouTube. Like I, I don't know. I mean, like, tail. I think that if Bill Murray was in pornography. Werner Herzog film. Like, oh, yes, Lord. qualitatively it would be better if Bill Murray was just like standing off to the sides. Cracking jokes yeah. about right. the sexual acts, so right? Much, Drinking yeah. white Russian. Uh, so many, I think it would so be many Stan Bragg experimental films. It would be what you would call Bill Murray a boner buster to have Bill Murray <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, and who knows better about busting things than Bill Murray? It's true. He ain't afraid of no boner. <laughs> well, that's it's, that's who you call, they, they all commercials go. Uh, if you've got an erection for more than four hours, who are you going to call? Oh. It's Boner Busters. Boner Busters. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could be painful the otherwise. The priapism experts. <laughs> they show up with their... Uh... Guys, I thought we weren't going to talk about cocks tonight. <laughs> we didn't say that. We said oh. stewards. Oh, so we stu- oh talk okay, about. specifically. Okay. Other people's uh, painful four-hour erections we'll talk about. <laughs> Just not Stuart. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're this... so enthusiastic to talk about Righteous Kill, as you can. Well, uh, yeah, you can see, Righteous Kill was not a hilarious comedy about two elderly policemen. I'm not even sure exactly what it was. It about. was a thriller about two elderly policemen. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, why which you... seems like an oxymoron, and it is. Yeah, you're known for uh, being able to follow even the most unfollowable <laughs> of films. Yeah, oh, and, so, and could... then apparently describe them in overmuch detail, I as was that said that in was, the last episode. I think Stewart said that. <laughs> when uh, Brock described Paul Bart as a movie about a man who gets the chance to be a policeman and turns it down. <laughs> and that was the entire plot. <laughs> Yeah, Which well, I, I can't. I, the, recently, I referred to King Kong as a movie about how hard it is to put on a show on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be as apt a description. 
I, I think there's a certain flavor to the plot of a film, but apparently I take too long and no, say. No, no, no. I'm I'm encouraging you to uh, summarize this. I mean, All briefly, right. yes. Al briefly, Pacino. But... Okay, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro are, have been partners for about a hundred years as policemen. And <laughs> one Al, of them has dentures. Robert we'll let De Niro. You... <laughs> we'll let you guess which one. Robert De Niro is named Turk. Al Pacino is named Rooster. Rooster. Those are nicknames. Robert De Niro is also in a. Very kind of brutal sex relationship with uh, Carla Gugino, who is a forensics person yeah. mm-hmm. with the police. And there are also two other detectives, John Leguizamo and, and Donnie, uh, Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg. Because well, they you li- may remember from uh, The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense, right. Yeah. And, as well as New Kids on the Block. Right. And Brian he was very thin in The Sixth Sense. <laughs> and Brian Denny, he is the police chief. And that's, that's the entirety of the police of New York City, mm-hmm. is this group. That's uh, it. There's someone who's killing criminals who beat the charges and didn't go to jail and leaving cryptic poems mm-hmm. describing yep. the people's crimes on the body that opens with Robert De Niro confessing to these crimes mm. and continues to confess throughout the film in uh, fuzzy black and white right. video footage mm-hmm. but and things may not be sweatshirt. as they seem Robert De Niro is like the loose cannon cop who beats people up yep. and Al Pacino is like the loose cannon cop who, who makes plays chess. who plays chess and makes <laughs> wisecracks they're both bad at being cops they're both too old should I give away the ending? Should I say what oh, happens? Oh, please. Go, go, no, keep going. I think, yeah, well, I think you think there are a couple of red herrings. They go through a lot of rigmarole to try and find the killer. And at the end, and you think well, it's... Well, no, you, you, have to, you have to clarify. At a certain point, they, they think, I know who's doing this. Right. It's got to be a cop. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a, a cop. A maniac cop, cop, if you will. Right. They don't say maniac cop, but they should have. And John right. Leguizamo says, I think it was Robert De Niro who did it. Right. And it would have been a better movie if they referred to each other by their real names. Right. <laughs> it would have made more sense. I bet it was actor Robert De Niro. I think Robert it. De Niro yeah. did it. And they set up a sting operation and ro- they catch Robert De Niro, but it turns out he's not the guy who did it. But what was that scene before that with the, when they were waiting in the car and that weird guy came out of nowhere? That was Robert De Niro. It seemed like he was trying to throw them off the track. Oh, okay. So he said... Yeah, please explain this, this to me. I just this, saw this movie. But. He's like, it's not a cop. It's not a cop. It's not a cop. And they're like, no, it's a cop. It's a cop. It's yeah. a cop. He's like, it's not Cops, not it's a cop. cop. It's not a cop. That it's, seems to be the whole script that, of the movie. Literally, the, I was John Leguizamo. Yeah. A lot of the movie is people shouting the same phrases over and over, over. at each other. Yeah, at the simultaneously. But right. see, with he overlapping says, Altman-esque dialogue. Yeah, and, and ketchup in the background. He, and there's a lot of bottles of ketchup sitting <laughs> on tables. But De Niro says to the, De Niro says to them, "You think it's a cop? Well, here's a cop who got fired, and he thinks he got a bum deal." He, and he was involved in all these cases, or he was around at the time. Mm. Maybe he did it. So they go to find that guy, and he says, I've got an alibi. Uh, you oh, know, yeah, I was in Brazil. And he disappears from the film. That's what it was. Okay. Wait, he was in Brazil? That's not the movie. Said. Well, not no, the movie not Brazil. The movie. I was in Brazil. I was in Brazil. I met up with Terry Gilliam and uh, uh, made it mm-hmm. But at the end, it turns... But the, So they think Robert De Niro did it. Right. Ro- Robert De Niro seems pretty suspicious. He's in a relationship with Carlo Gugino where they rape each other. Well, uh, no, no, no. He well, rapes her. It's not that equitable. Right. It's really horrible. There's one who's it's dominant not, and one who's yeah. submissive. It's and, really horrible. And, and Robert De Niro is not the submissive. No. But I think he is the submissive. Well, in, in the the thing is, well, he plays. Isn't the, the dumb uh, really not the one in control? The submissive. Well, that's the thing. He oh. plays. He oh, plays yeah. the dominant role in the game, mm-hmm. but right. it's very obvious that he does what Carl Gugino wants that's him to right. do. That's right. And that he is doesn't like this necessarily. This is what she wants to do. But in the end, it turns out Al Pacino did it the whole time. Oh no! Oh, ah, no. it was the other character who yeah. did it. There were two main characters, and the one that you thought did it didn't, didn't do, do it. it. Yeah. and thus wow. it was the other main character. And Al Pacino makes Robert De Niro read from his crazy person confession notebook, and that's that his why therapist gave him. that his therapist gave him the police right. therapist. Then Robert De Niro shoots Al Pacino reluctantly, and the Reluctant. movie is over. The end. Yeah. The end. It's a really. It's a and it and Robert De Niro. Even though he was a brutal, aggressive cop, redeems himself by coaching a girls' softball team at the end. I don't understand. Let's <laughs> now that we're now that we've summarized, we can dig into the meat of this. And I <laughs> oh the meat of this girls' softball. I really don't understand. Let's just say this was a terrible movie. Everything about it is bad. Two of the most two two of the legendary actors of the second half of the twentieth century, right? And, and they one both are shit right, in it, and they're really bad, and they have no chemistry, and. They're just old, bad, not good, bad <laughs> old things. Bags. Well, let's not jump ahead of ourselves. Sorry, okay. let's not. Let's not. You know. <coughs> and Carla Gugino, of course, looks beautiful. Yeah, she lights up the screen. She does light up the screen. She, I mean, she's she's, on. A, she's a beautiful. She's woman. got an old world classic style of looks. Mm-hmm. That you don't find that, that so many of these slutty stars these means days. That he oh, okay. enjoys her curves. 
That's what Elliot. Well, that's saying. part of it, but also just like the way her face looks is not. Yeah. It looks like she, you could see pictures of her and think they were from the forties. She's very pretty. Just the way her face is shaped. And uh, a talented, a talented actress. But she's not, talented, but not necessarily in, in this movie. Not no. in but this. Not, to, well, but not she's at her still own better, fault. She's still better than De Niro and Pacino, but everyone in it is bad. That's true. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. But to too. go back to the girl's softball. Oh, but to go. Why is that in this movie? Because <laughs> That's he's a co- question that he I was had coaching the, the, the police soft, the NYPD softball right. team for his precinct at least. Mm. Right. And I think this was a sign that he's given up his aggressive ways. We see him getting oh, into a fight yes. with the umpire. This is he's given it up. Yeah. Now he's giving back to the children. It's the mm-hmm. future next generation. Maybe he and Carly Gino are going to have some kids who go to college when he's dead because he'll be in his nineties. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that's and, a dream. <laughs> it's the American I think it's, dream. It's he's get, he's let go of the past and now he's free to be around children. Yeah, let's, okay. uh, uh, let's no, he's let's, free to be around children. <laughs> yeah, as we all hope to be one day, I guess. <laughs> he's free to be you and me. Let's get back to the fact that Carla Gugino not only enjoys rough sex, but she enjoys rough sex with a man approximately twice her age. Yeah, definitely old enough to be her father. I don't know about no if not father and a half. All right, well, I, I'm <laughs> old saying, enough to be her father. How yes. old is yeah. like? Carly Gugino is somewhere in... She's around 37 years old. Yeah, she's in... Is she? I believe so. She looks great. Yeah, Robert De Niro is not 74 years old. No, but he's like 65. Yeah, he's in his 60s, I wonder if Robert De Niro is younger than my father. So, it's... I don't know. My dad's old. Like, on the scale of... Of old? Of Hollywood relationships. It's not as bad as, like... Larry King and his wife. I wouldn't right. know about There's that. There's probably a bigger age difference between Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones than between these two. They're 30 years apart. But the know? difference is we don't have to see it on film. We will, though. But we, we don't <laughs> have to see them enacting their rape fantasies yeah. on right. film. The rape Are fantasy yeah. aspect of it is very it's distasteful. Very, it's very strange. Well, look, you know, no, no. Whatever gets you off behind closed doors. I, I mean, just don't want to see Robert De Niro <laughs> oh, so if pertaining was- to rape Carly Gugino on film. That is not something that I want projected up, up onto my eyeballs and then therefore into my brain. Yeah. yeah I, we had, had to say that it was. it's not like there's a graphic scene. No. no. It's just the implication no, no, no. of it right. is, is horrifying. Of that relationship. And, you know, I know, I'm going to say this. I didn't really like Meet the Parents at all. But then after I seeing... I am with you. But after seeing this movie, I find Robert De Niro's character in that a lot more easy to watch. Well, can I say something about Meet the Parents? Oh, yes, and then let's talk do. about something about Righteous Kill that's not rape related. Or about 50 okay. Cent. About <laughs> yeah, 50 Cent is in this 50. movie, too, as a drug dealer club owner named Spider. Spider. Anyway. Meet the Parents, like, falls into, like, Everyone's weird... named after an animal in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- yeah. I didn't realize that. See, like and the idiot. birds, the two bird birds, police officers right. eat the arachnid spider. It's uh, a stretch. All right. But it could work. And they should have called it cricket. It's a stretch in the way that a bad screenwriter might have yeah, actually thought of that. Yeah, that makes sense. deliberately done it. But Meet the Parents, it falls in that category of comedy where... I actually enjoy the comedy of awkwardness, you know, mm. like the, the original Office or its ilk. But um, what I don't enjoy is a comedy that's entirely based around a good-hearted person having their life systematically ruined in some mm. way. And Meet the Parents just seem to be like, okay, well, we're introduced to right, sweet to, Ben Stiller right. who wants to marry uh, this, 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 lady. this lady, his lady friend. We will see him uh, embarrassed. Fail. Over and over again. Yeah. That's why I never liked two the uh, vacation movies. Yeah. Oh, really? It's like, you know. not uh, The Christmas Vacation one? You Christmas like Vacation is the worst one. Oh, no. But I it's the same like thing where it's the like. The worst one in a series that includes Vegas Vacation. <laughs> oh, I right. forgot about Come Vegas Vacation. Now. Christmas Vacation is the second worst one. Okay. But where Chevy Chase no. is not a bad guy. Like, he's not a great guy. It's just, he, it's like, oh, I can't wait to take my family on vacation. And apparently that is the biggest crime you can commit in the universe. <laughs> well, when you're trying to go to Wally World. Yes. <laughs> By the way, um, Mr. John Hughes. Oh, he he passed away, didn't he? Yeah. He you was. really don't want to talk about Righteous Kill. <laughs> well, I, just, I just want to say, you know, the man uh, wrote Vacation, and he also wrote the National Lampoon story oh. that Vacation was based oh, on. I didn't realize that. He wrote a lot of stuff. You, you should look it up on the internet, because it's interesting to see. I mean, like... <laughs> He obviously he wrote the story and he wrote the screenplay, so it's not that strange that they're, they're in line. But you rarely see like a five-page story that is so closely aligned to the movie that then was later made of it. Mm. So uh, in memoriam, John Hughes. John oh, what Hughes. a fitting memorial! <laughs> Why don't you go online? <laughs> this brief mention. <laughs> I'm sure that's all he ever wanted. Yeah, I will say about that. Someone said to me today that uh, they don't like Ferris Bueller's Day Off because really? his parents are so nice to him. There's no reason for him to 
mess with them. He's not really messing he's with not, them. Yeah. I would say he's not messing with them. And also, like, they're not very good parents. Like, it's even true. if they're nice, they they have no idea what's going on with him. Yeah. And they they're don't not pay attention great to, to the sister. Him. Yeah, they're not good. They're very bad to the sister. That's true. Like, well, the sister's Jennifer Grey. So. Well, oh, oh, so that's just supposed to excuse <laughs> her. Wow, interesting. <laughs> and she makes that with Charlie Sheen, so... She gets what's we just recapped to Ferris Bueller's Day <laughs> Off. Right. Yeah, okay. we just recapped all the important <laughs> so points of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> anyway. See, that's what happens when you don't go through a plot in detail. People think the movie is about Jennifer Grey and Charlie Sheen's relationship. <laughs> yep. So Righteous so Kill Righteous is a bad Kill. movie. It's, so- <laughs> it's very poorly shot. It's very poorly edited. It's very poorly oh God, written. Is it it's ugly. completely confusing, too. And it doesn't, and it's confused. Well, if you're talking through it, it makes it more confusing. We've learned that on the Flophouse. But it is confusing. Like, the characters do things illogically for, you know, and have no mm. reason for it. Mm-hmm. Things happen, and you don't know why. And it's because the movie is trying to create a sense of suspense in you. But right. it just comes off as like, why did, wait, why did we see that? Yeah. Why did that happen? Well, De Niro gets super agitated by the idea that it might be a cop who's yeah. behind all these killings. And this is obviously a red herring to make us think, okay, De Niro, De Niro did, it. did it. That along with the fact that we that first see him confessing. Right. <laughs> that, that was the larger red herring. But it's never really explained why he's so agitated, other than I guess you are supposed to assume he just has pride in being a police officer. Maybe, or maybe he has an idea that Rooster did it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you can't kill the rooster. Al Al Pacino's character has uh, one of the great quirks of movies, which is that he's full of stupid trivia. And as someone who's full of stupid trivia, like I can understand, but it's like there's a scene where he's talking to Brian Dennehy, and Brian Dennehy's like, it's going to take two light years to do this. And he goes, actually, Chief, light years are a measure of distance, not of time. (laughs) It's like, great, who cares? Why is The thing about the light years, though, like, I feel like that, again, is like the screenwriter at home, like, working through the Righteous Kill screenplay, like, working on it, working on it. And then, like, he takes a break to watch Star Wars, and he's annoyed all over again at uh, the use of parsecs as a unit of time. He's like, I'm going to write something in. That isn't that. But isn't that. But but it's similar to that. And and then that'll show George Lucas. Yeah. It'll show the world. (laughs) Retroactively. Retroactively. But it's... uh, Oh, it's such a poorly like the editing in the movie is bad, and it's mm-hmm. yeah. it's incoherent at times. But also, like it's one of those movies that feels it's like we better make this look dynamic, so we'll throw all sorts of crazy shit around, yeah. and the camera will whoosh for no reason. And except for it's always whooshing to something really ugly. Yes, There's, I've never seen so much linoleum in a movie, so much like just ugly tiling. Parking lot. It reminds me of the, mm-hmm. when I went Cinder to blocks. when Twelve Monkeys came out. I remember seeing that and re- thinking at the time like. The world this movie is in is really ugly, but in like ugly, it was ugly in a way like it's supposed to be because it's you know society is crumbling mm-hmm. to a certain extent. So even the scenes set in the present don't look very you know the settings don't look very good. But the movie is still shot well, so like you know that the the world looks ugly, but the movie is not ugly. Right. Whereas this, it's like everything looks ugly and it's and it shot ugly. ugly. Yeah, yeah, everything has a fluorescent light. Yeah, well, the, the moral is... like you were saying, or mm-hmm. uh, just like. Crappy. This film is just trying Ro- to tell us. We in the in the in the climax of the film, Robert De Niro is wearing baggy sweatpants and a baggy <laughs> sweat a hooded sweatshirt, all gray yeah. with sweat stains. He on looks it. Yeah. like a grandmother out for a power walk. He really- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what be, that amounted to. He should be walking around a mall at six thirty a.m. <laughs> Well, the look of this movie is telling us, Elliot, that the world is a cesspool. Which I is, guess so. This, mm. <laughs> it's an insight uh, fitting to a, like a seventh grader. Say. Yeah, it is a movie it that really hates people. Seventh, seventh well, there, grader. There's all these parts where De Niro is like, you're hearing voiceover of him talking about how he killed people. Yeah. And it's him reading Al Pacino's notes, but you don't know that. Just It sounds like his inner monologue. And he's talking about how like he sees crime everywhere. And the whole time it, you're just like, oh, Taxi Driver was such a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is so not as good Why as that. Watching this, I could be watching that movie or Meet the Parents. <laughs> yeah, I could be watching The Swap, one of his other early bad films. I've never seen The Swap. Well, don't in the radio. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. So, Megan, I bet that I um, could be watching Al Mary pa- Shelley's Frankenstein. Oh, I bet that exactly. Al Pacino had a really good reason for killing all those people. I mean, like he was a cop, and then to yep. like turn around and kill everybody. Um, I bet he must have had a really good reason. So, yeah. what was that? Um, oh. Elliot, what was it? Uh, it seems remember? to be that he was crazy. Oh, that's it. He was crazy. Well, technically, he said he he says early in the film he and Rob De Niro planted a gun on a suspect yes. who was going to get off because. 
he had a fake alibi, but they knew he did it. Right. And he says at the end to Robert De Niro, you were my idol. You were the best cop I'd ever seen. Oh, that's right. When you planted that gun. This guy's good. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying. I don't have to pay that close attention to it. When yeah. you planted that gun, I lost faith. Yep. You that showed me that cops can be bad too. So I decided to kill people, and it turned out I enjoyed doing it. Yeah. So he is crazy. It's just so a that's dumb, why Dan. That's okay. why he did it. But that's why he started. Okay, the fall from grace. So classic. The fact that his partner <laughs> set someone up meant that then thereafter he had to shoot a bunch of people. I guess that right. there was no law, uh, but that they were outside of the law. It's vigilante so justice. So he stared yeah. into the abyss, right? And not only did the abyss, and he stare shot back. the wrong ruski. Mm-hmm. He did shoot the wrong ruski. <laughs> And they t- he shoots a- one of these guys is a is a Russian criminal and he shoots him six times That's and right. fails to kill him. He just puts him in the hospital mm-hmm. where there's a like an Indian doctor who's very impressed right. at, at how many bullets he took out of this guy. But then who's the guy from, who's the Indian guy from Office Space? It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. He's Samir. He, yeah, he's great. I think he's great in Office. I mean, he's very good. Was well, he Indian film or is he or is he Arab? Oh. oh. Good wow. question. Maybe I, I just don't know. You've, you've, you've exposed our racism. No, I think I've exposed our oblivious whiteness. Possibly. But, uh, Definitely. You were going to talk about it. I just wait. realized I'm the only non-Irishman Wait, at are this you guys table. white? Oh. oh, you're not Irish? The Irish no. Get were, out. <laughs> the Irish were, you know, sp- sp- spat upon. That's right. And um, Boo-hoo. Yeah. yeah. We, we <laughs> Jews were, have had it. Jewish people have had it pretty easy. Yeah. We were the minority uh, before uh-huh. we knew a while the word back, for it. You know, That's right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> not today. Not today. Not today where we have every advantage. <laughs> that's Listen, right. In America, we Because we have... knew how to do one thing well, and that's procreate. In America, we have so much racial strife. I didn't mean to reopen these wounds. But... <laughs> you did. What you meant to talk about was uh, the guy's <laughs> method of trying to get someone yes. out of a coma. Yes. Uh, this oh, guy, this yeah. Russian guy is, <laughs> is, seems to be in a coma, and, rep- and one of the cops just goes up to him and goes, Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, literally just like putting his fingers up in front of him and snapping. Snap. Hey, 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 hey. And I wish that I wanted the doctor to be like, oh, we haven't tried that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for your miracle cure. <laughs> the sarcastic doctor. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the snapping fingers. <laughs> oh, great. We were busy using a defibrillator. God, I learned that. That's first year of medical school. I can't believe I forgot yeah, about the it. the snapping fingers. Where trip. are my smelling salts? Doesn't matter. I've got these fingers with me all the time. Time. When I was applying the adrenaline to keep his heart beating, I forgot to say, hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Oh, that was a good one. That now there's beer it. in my nose now. I don't know. Irish. Don't worry about beer it. in my nose It'll now. just be absorbed into my butt bloodstream all the faster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I t- I'm, now I'm totally, now that you say that in my nose, I'm thinking about the girl. <laughs> the girl who the girl was using with cocaine. The, with the primo cocaine. <laughs> with the spider. primo. <laughs> That Spider gave her. That's the only word she used to describe it. Primo. Primo. Yeah. Well, she was a high girl. class lawyer who that's was also a coke addict. That's right. The whole house of cards started tumbling down was. Uh, yeah, was it? This woman. <laughs> that it feels like, literally, it feels like we watched 13 episodes of a TV show, yep. an hour long drama, and I like, I'm like, oh yeah, that happened at the beginning of season one of Righteous <laughs> Kill. <laughs> They're cutting up the cocaine in the men's this is bathroom. A, this is a movie that's what an hour and forty five minutes long, and mm-hmm. it feels like it's it's epic. I think like ten thousand BC or seven pounds were the only movies that felt like they took more time than <laughs> yeah. this. But uh, this the woman uh, offers De Niro some cocaine. They're in the they're in a, the bathroom. He's in the bathroom of a hip hop club, yeah. right in Harlem, the four hundred four club that used to be a bank, and it's run by Spider. That's yeah. right. Who's fifty fifty cent? And now that um, that Cute. happened. De Niro can use her to as an informant That's and right. like to wire her up, yeah. go, yep. put her in with Spider. And I found this very interesting because apparently in the world of Righteous Kill, <laughs> uh, very wealthy, high-powered corporate lawyers yep. get their drugs directly from the drug kingpin. In person. Yeah. They go. Four, four they're ounces. Buddies, they're like, hey, Spider, let me in. They're like, oh, okay, I'll let you into my... My, my uh, sanctum yeah. sanctorum. Yeah. Yep. Where, by the way, hey, the Melissa. police are yeah. uh, just next door. The police right. seem to have rented out ridiculous. apartment space above his place <laughs> in the building. It's like he had a like a loft for rent, and the police rented it out, and he doesn't understand how they keep busting him. Yeah. <laughs> but, they uh, just have cups up to the wall yep. with their ear on one side. Even closer <laughs> than the lives of others. Fancy. Lives Fancy. Of others. Mm-hmm. Great movie. 
It's no righteous it's kill. It's no righteous kill. No, righteous kills <laughs> in a class of its own. Yeah, they send her as uh, to wear a wire to catch spiders selling her drugs, and things don't go yep. so well. They don't go as planned. Yeah. That's for but sure. But she, she gets shot in the shoulder, and she takes it in stride. She's yep, a corporate she's lawyer. Right. She just bleeds from the mouth a little bit. She had so much primo stuff in her system <laughs> that she didn't even feel it. The thing was, like, she didn't die. No, she was fine. She, she went was to the hospital. Fine. So she, there was, was a shot no... of her reading a book kind of irritatingly like, ugh. I gotta read a book now that I'm in the hospital. And I can only turn it with my left hand. (laughs) So she didn't even serve, like, the plot motivation of, you know, giving De Niro a reason to, like, be enraged about it. He's a mad dog. He's like a pit bull on crack. And then she just sort of disappears. (laughs) As they said. Yeah, she disappears because she's not necessary anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, what were they going to keep her around in the plot for? Like, she wants revenge on Spider. Like, that's also a scene where... Maybe she could be drawn into Carla Gugino's sex games. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just influenced by the fact that because of a um, Time Warner cable screw up, I now have Cinemax in my house, uh, <laughs> free Cinemax for a month. So everything is a potential setup for uh, some sort of devious sex game, <laughs> yeah. or or some kind of pornographic parody of a recent Hollywood blockbuster film mm-hmm. shot or, in someone's backyard slash rec room, or not so recent, like Playmate of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what? true. That's that is a that is a parody of the Planet of the Apes series as or, a whole. Or the movie Tarzina Jiggle in the Jungle, which I'm not even sure what is is it is it is it, is it <laughs> spoofing a Tarzan film? Is it spoofing Sheena, which is, you know, early eighties? I don't I have to assume that since Tar is in the name that it's Tarzan that they're yeah, spoofing. But what, what Tarzan movie are they spoofing? Are they spoofing the one with the, Cas- the one film? with Casper Van D and Tarzan of the S- <laughs> okay. in the Lost City or whatever it was called? Thought, Tarzan at the center of the earth. I thought maybe they were spoofing Greystoke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Greystoke, the legend of Tarzan. <laughs> the legend of Greystoke, whatever it was called. Megan's eyes are glazing over. Yeah, I don't I don't know the Tarzan movies. Well, nor do I know these these homemade movies. Let me explain the rooms, this is a very low budget soft core porn company <laughs> that we're talking about. That does no, I think she doesn't know the Tarzan films. That oh, okay. Well, I don't know those Johnny either. Weissmuller. All right. Olympic swimmer. He okay. starred in many of these. The first one was directed by W. S. Van Dyke. Yeah. Woody Van Dyke. And these are Again, the, the low budget. Mia Farrow's mom is the ape man. Well, she, Mia Farrow's mom played Jane in the old Tarzan, Tarzan and his mate. Oh yeah. no, no, no! I I was wondering about the the porns. Oh, that's made that's from a company it. called I, what? Seduction Cinema. Is I thought I mm-hmm. thought you were going to say Mia Farrow's mother was in the porn. No, no, no. and that would just be. I don't strange. know that she made any movies after Hannah and her sisters. Tarzan oh, okay. and his Mia Farrow's mom was in that. Yeah, she plays Mia Farrow's mom. Oh, what a stretch. Uh, but anyway, I was going to say the scene where this informant gets shot involves mm-hmm. uh, 50 Cent knows she's wearing, knows she's wearing a wire. Oh, yeah. That's right. So the cops force, they go, we got to get her. We gotta and get, they yep. force in their way in. He's like, the Calvary's here. Like, they, they rang they the doorbell. Buzz, they rang the doorbell yeah. and the guy's like, uh, no, I'm not letting you in. And they're like, yeah. come on, we just want to talk. And he's like, Okay, I'll okay. Let and he yeah. lets them in. He's like, I know what to look for and where to look for it. And 50, 50 Cent has a big right. fat bodyguard. Yes. Uh, who's, and the character's name apparently is Stubby, according to <laughs> according to the credits, or Stubbs. And the man who played him is named Fatso. <laughs> is that true? According to the credits. Oh, wow. Unless there's another character, unless that's Brian Dennehy's new stage name. Because <laughs> he's a large man. I think he should go for it. It's bold. But, he's uh, adopting the name of Dom DeLuise. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dom DeLuise isn't using it. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh, so they go to get her. Uh, 50 Cent mm-hmm. gives her up. They're leaving, and he goes, Hey, here's your wire your back, wire and back, throws right. it to them in the air. And as Al Pacino goes to catch it, the fat bodyguard, for some reason, pulls out his gun. No, he's and, had his gun pulled off. Oh, he's had his gun pulled. Well, yeah. shows himself with the right, gun pulled. Right. And they shoot him, and she gets cro- in the crossfire. But Fire. it's li- literally one crossfire. of these scenes where it's like, why did everyone start shooting their guns again? Yeah. What was the reason for yeah, this? Yeah, no, there like were three people in the room. Out of those three, zero <laughs> understood exactly like what had happened in that action sequence. Yeah. Like, but why also, did shooting start? Who started why it? Why did it start? And also, know. like, his bodyguard, like, it, he's a bodyguard for a drug dealer. He's probably not a great guy, but he's dead now. He was killed in the, in the you know. In the line of duty. In, in the line of duty. That's, so the, like, that's the way the war on drugs works, Elliot. I that's guess so. And Al Pacino and, and Robert De Niro, I guess that's when they need to go into counseling. With the oh, police that's psychologist, right. that's what, that's but what it's just that. it's very like flippantly handled. Like, oh, what? that guy's dead now. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. This is a subplot that I didn't understand until I read the Wikipedia synopsis of the plot of Righteous Kill. <laughs> oh, which is the um, this is like a David Lynch film. All the of a whole sudden. point of them going into counseling 
was that then they would write their feelings in those little yes, notebooks. Yes, in the little marble right. notebooks. Which they both got them. got tied up because De Niro didn't write anything in his notebook. Right. He's he lazy. Didn't, he didn't give a shit about it. But Al Pacino right. was writing his confession yeah. That's right. the whole time. Yeah. But they made it look like De Niro was It all fit it together. Yeah. It, like all oh. the puzzle oh, pieces yeah. fell into place. It's by the way, beautifully all the, done. By the way, all the puzzle pieces falling into place. At the end of the movie, there's a sequence that is the all the puzzle pieces fall into place sequence. Yeah. And you can't see me over the medium of podcasting, but I'm making air quotes. Because yeah. all the puzzle pieces falling into place, the montage was not like, oh, of course, he said that and that meant that. that right. It was just... Now we're going to show you flashbacks of everyone being shot, and we're going to show you Al Pacino shooting, shooting them. Yeah, because yeah. there are a couple times when people get shot, and they're like, "Oh, detective!" It's so you know oh, it is it's a cop. You. It's what are you, you doing here? Kapow, yeah. kapow. You yeah. Know? Well, there's a scene where Ru- he came to see me. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene where <laughs> Carly Gugino, yeah, Carly Gino has been uh, Al Pacino also for Lord knows what reason. Mm-hmm. This makes no sense beats up and rapes Carla Cugino, or at the very least beats up and takes her clothes off. Yeah. There's no reason for it. Right. And then tastefully drapes a shower curtain over <laughs> her. But, like, there's no reason for it. And then she calls Brian Dennehy, and she's like, he, he was here, yeah, he was and here. he did this. And Brian right. Dennehy's like, if that's true, well, I'll send somebody after him. We'll find him. Yeah. Well, that's not enough. I'll go get him. And it's yeah. like they're just going way out of their way to avoid saying the name of the man who did it because you're not supposed to know who it was yet. That's but it comes right. off as very stilted. And, you know, I'm just remembering uh, in the beginning there was the skateboarding pimp. Oh, yeah, he got, he got shot. <laughs> Played Rambo. by Rob Rambo. And they refer to him as Played, Rambo right. the skateboarding pimp. Played by... <laughs> literally uh, said sounds, those words. Sounds like yeah. an insane clown posse character. It really does. <laughs> Played by a juggalo, um, if ever there was one. Rob Drydeck from the reality series Robin Big. He huh. didn't do a bad job. I don't know what that reality series is. Pen. It's a great. It's it's actually very funny. I don't like real life. I like fiction. <laughs> I like I like righteous kill. Fiction like righteous kill. <laughs> it was too real for me. It was too movie. real. That's what. Uh-huh. That's why we have to pretend that it was fiction. Shit just got real. <laughs> righteous kill real. Yeah. Boom. Does anyone else have anything to say before we move on to the next thing? Don't or? watch this movie ever. Well, no. That, that is, that <laughs> I feel is, like I feel like Werner Herzog listening to the tape of Timothy Treadwell being eaten by a bear, <laughs> saying, "Don't ever watch this. Throw, take this tape and burn it. Don't I'll ever watch it. it." I won't, Werner. Hi, it's Dan here. If you like listening to The Flophouse, why not visit us on the web at www.flophousepodcast.com, where you can find show notes, videos, fan art, and links to Wikipedia synopses of all the Flophouse films, so you can play along at home. If you're looking for more Flophouse stuff, check out our Facebook page, where you can discuss the show with other fans, or subscribe to our Twitter feed at The Flophouse Pod. Your support helps us build an audience, so if you like the show, why not vote for us at Podcast Alley, or subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're there, take a moment to write a review. Links for everything can be found on the webpage. Lastly, we love hearing from you, so if you have thoughts, feedback, or suggestions, let us know at theflophousepodcast at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Yeah, the next part is where we make our final uh, judgments on the movie. Final judgments. <laughs> I had to do both parts because Stuart's yeah, not Stuart. here. We didn't, we didn't let Megan know that some Foley was going to be required of her. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, next yeah. time maybe. Okay. So basically we have three official categories and those are, this is a good bad movie, a movie <laughs> that you enjoyed in its badness, in its badness. Okay. a bad bad movie, a movie that uh, should enjoy. only be left up to the professionals like us. <laughs> okay. Or a movie that you kind of liked. You found some actual redeeming quality in it. And so, Megan, as the guest, I'll go to you. I'm going to say this is a bad, bad movie. Mm. I found no redeeming quality in it. And I I mean, it was fun to watch with uh, with you two professional gentlemen. Um, but I feel <laughs> professional like... Professional gentlemen. <laughs> we, we, we sound like suits. we're escorts. <laughs> Like we're, de- we're dancers at a hall, <laughs> and old ladies come by and pay us to dance. Wait, yeah. who's well, you guys' I, pimp? Rambo, the no, skateboarding pimp? Elliot, I've explained this to you. They don't pay us to dance. <laughs> they buy a bottle of champagne <laughs> yeah. for $50. And we're encouraged by the help, sure. uh, by, the sta- by the management. That's how it works. I'm sorry. Okay, but you two professionals. We're taxi tra- dancers. That's okay. what it is. <laughs> 
Um, I just feel like the plot is so convoluted, I guess, and the, yeah. the shots are terrible. The story is not worth no. <laughs> paying attention to. This is a movie with John actually, Leguizamo. Is it this? It's movie? a movie with a fairly straightforward story that they go way out of their way right. to overcomplicate to the point where yeah. it doesn't make yeah. sense anymore. And it makes you, when you're watching it, makes you think, and makes wow. You hurt. Well, no, it just makes you think, wow, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, not good actors, which is probably something that is not true. If aliens found this, well, it is they true would say for the these last are the two worst actors years. maybe in human history. In human history, that's right. I don't understand. Like, maybe I not see, in alien history. I can see why they're making this type of bad movie at their advanced age because right. they didn't have the talent to graduate to better films by this point. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know? I got to say, yeah, a bad, bad movie. Um, this director, John Avnet, uh, also made the Al Pacino opus 88 Minutes. Oh, which is the movie, again, where a minor plot point is that Al Pacino's semen has been sucked out of the corpse of a woman he did have sex with and then inserted into the corpse of a woman he didn't have he did. sex oh, with. Oh, wow, I didn't. I have not seen I have to say, and where that Al was Pacino- also a plot point in the film presumed innocent which was not a bad movie well, i don't know so it could well, be used i'm saying that if that happened in a good movie i'd be like that's a disturbing thing but in a bad movie it's like I that's bet. unnecessary that's yeah. a disturbing it's thing. also a movie where a man has 88 minutes left to live basically and he spends much of it just hanging out in his apartment with alicia witt not really doing much of yeah. anything just kind of talking just, just hanging out <laughs> just making cookies yeah well yeah. and this movie was sold on like you know you loved them in heat Yep. You wanted to see them in heat. They were together in one scene in heat. What if heat? What if that one scene was a whole movie? movie. Yeah. yeah. And I got to say, heat's all right. It's about an hour too long, in my well, opinion. But it's it's a very like competently made movie. It's, an ex- it's, a, it's a thrilling movie in many ways. This movie, I had no idea what was happening from moment to moment. Yeah. And as you said, Elliot... They have no chemistry together, actually, Pacino and De Niro. Well, it's, it's, Heat is like, even if they'd never made Heat, like, this is Travis Bickle, Jake LaMotta meeting, you know, Michael Corleone, Serpico in yeah. a movie. Like, mm-hmm. this should be, even if they'd never done anything together, even if they've never made Godfather 2, where they're in the same movie but they don't have any scenes together, this should have been, like, at least an interesting thing to watch. Right. It could have been... Any two guys playing those parts, and it would have been. And it would have been bad still. Yeah, it would have been the same movie. It would not. Have, it probably would have been better too. Nothing. Like if they had like two like old guys who uh, have been known for playing like detectives. Like if it was like I don't know James Garner and Dennis Farina, I would have enjoyed this movie more. Yeah, or like Dennis Franz and you know somebody. Yeah. If this was a Jimmy reuni- Smith. If this uh, was Charles a re- Napier. That's the thing. If this, if this was the reuniting of Dennis Franz and David Caruso, like I, I would have been. Say. It would have made the movie more exciting. You know. True. I really want to see James Spader as one of these characters for some reason. Yeah. Which one? Maybe the David Finch. Both. The maybe. Both. Trick he could do it. Photography. If Patty Duke could do it, Oof, then James Spader yeah. can do it. One of Just them give has that a guy goatee. a wig. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> that's so the bad cop. So he's evil twin. Is what you're saying? <laughs> I'm going to go agree with you guys. That it was a bad, bad movie. Yeah. Okay. Three for three. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. So we do have a, f- a few letters, but I'm going to hold off on that until uh, next time Aww. because uh, Stewart's not here. Stewart's not. Uh, you Can guys... I read the letters after the recording? Yeah. Okay. You guys oh. just get disappointed when like they get read when one of you is not I here. I do. So. I like talking to the peeps. Yeah. So <laughs> I, like I apologize, replying. Megan. I don't want you <laughs> to feel right. like a second class. Are we uh, going to talk about? Oh, too late. Talk about I the already do. Attention. Uh, we did get some attention from a uh, Norwegian gentleman. Oh. Um, so I'm going to tease that. <laughs> did you guys buy a bottle of champagne for $50? Professional Norwegian gentleman, Sven Olsen. Yeah, Sven I do like bad movies. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't want to offend our Norwegian uh, You've already had it. It's too late. Too late. Um, you should edit that out. Yeah, he, uh, he wrote something about us on a Norwegian um, uh, forum. I don't think it was, I don't think that it was about being Norwegian, but I, <laughs> I know that the forum was in Norwegian. Uh, and I, I did a, a free translation of it online. Oh, okay. And it was mostly coherent. It was mostly coherent. So in the future... I'm going to blame the translation. We'll talk a little bit about that. I'm okay. teasing that. But right now, what we are going to talk about is a movie that we've seen recently... That we actually enjoyed. Some sort of recommendation or failing Ah. a recommendation, just some sort of positive word to make us not feel like we're just bitter. Just to cleanse the palate. Yeah. Okay. To send you out uh, singing a song. Yeah. (laughs) Should I start? Yeah, if you have one. Well, yeah, just because I I was just saying this to you you guys, to you professional gentlemen. Um, I actually went to go see Julie and Julia 
with mm. Meryl Streep and Amy Adams, who I'm sure anybody listening to this podcast is like, that's not for me. They're like, oh, my oh. girlfriend's making me go see that movie. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm so glad I don't have a girlfriend, girlfriend. so yeah, I don't exactly. have to go see that movie. They're like, oh, I wish I'm I had a so girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Stuart? I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll go hang out with him. Um, but, um, I can live vicariously through his large penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And play no uh, some sort of fantasy football. He's, fantasy. he's got everything. <laughs> yeah. But Meryl Streep in this movie is incredible. She does a, an incredible job of, I think, channeling Julia Childs without doing a, you know, a, like an impression of Julia Childs. And it's... Uh, child. There's oh, just one oh, child. I'm sorry. She Thank never, you. She, she didn't have one. Julia yeah. Child. She only had the one child. Yeah. Thank you. She didn't actually have any children. What? It's true. That's the sort of uh, tidbit that you can pick that up. You, Failed yeah. as a woman, then. And it, she, she <laughs> what was a terrible she thing was to say. Fascinating, <laughs> yeah, she was a fascinating lady, or at least Meryl Streep makes you believe that she was a fascinating mm. lady. So I recommend that. Go go to a matinee. Take it all in with the middle-aged ladies that surround yeah, you, you or your you gay best friend. You were by far the youngest person. I was the... by far the youngest person. Well, that and my friend that I went with, my gay best friend Joe, who's only three years older than I am. So I know were. a gay guy named Joe. Maybe they're the same guy. I bet they are. There mm-hmm. just can't be too There's many of them one. out there. I don't think so. Oh, okay. So I don't know whether this is like actually a rousing recommendation. It's more of a... Uh, this movie was a lot better than I expected recommendation, mm. which was I saw Gran Torino recently. Oh, I still have to see it. And that. based on the trailers, I was like, this is either going to be like a completely maudlin, like, you know, exploration of a, a, a racist learning to love, or it's going to be right. like a terrible latter day revenge fantasy. Set in Detroit. And uh, it was a little bit the first one towards the end of the movie. Like the last 20 minutes. Gets a little like melodramatic in a in a bad way. I mean, melodrama can be fun, but like it goes a little over the top. But what I didn't realize was it's basically a comedy in a lot of ways. Mm. Like if you ever want to see a movie that's just old Clint Eastwood, yes. uh, growling at a yep. series of people. You know me. That's all I want to see. <laughs> I would if it was a movie of Clint Eastwood sitting on a chair in his lawn, just barking at passerby's yeah. passersby. That would be the movie I want to see. That's basically it. Oh, like, then I want to see. This there's movie. just like a series of characters that Clint Eastwood is presented with, <laughs> and he's just like an old jerk to all of them. <laughs> and he's literally like the first time he's you see him in the movie, he's introduced by. Him growling like it's at his wife's funeral. Like the camera pans over I'm all of the mourners, and they they go into Clint Eastwood. And he's like, <laughs> "It's a fantastic Ugh, uh, performance from him." You know, it's it's grumpy old man <laughs> Torino, yeah. grumpy old man Torino. And it's so like on that level, I really enjoyed it. So that's what oh, I have to say about. I'd that like movie. to see that film. Alien? I would like. I have a very rousing recommendation. Uh, did I recommend A Matter of Life and Death already, or no? No, but it sounds important. Yeah, I guess. It is A Matter of Life and Death. <laughs> Boom. Uh, there was a movie I saw recently that I fell in love with. Called well, a Matter why don't of... you marry it? I'm already yes! engaged, asshole. Yes! I, know, I know. If I had met the movie before I'd met Danielle, <laughs> it would be a different story. I'm telling her. Don't tell her I said that. She doesn't <laughs> listen to this anyway. That's uh, what every girl wants to hear. Well, she just knows this as the thing that I do where I come home late once every two weeks. Yeah, so I'm the guy who's keeping you away from her in her mind. From, hey, well, somebody's yeah. waiting up for me, too. All right. <laughs> well, anyway. Stuart. This, <laughs> this is uh, uh, A Matter of Life and Death is a British film from 1946. It was it, from the Powell and Pressburger team. Who you, you may know as perhaps the greatest director producer team in film history, oh. uh, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, Emmerich, uh, who name. you may who created such classics as The Red Shoes, okay. Black Narcissus, The Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, uh, I Know Where I'm Going. Michael Powell would go on to do Peeping Tom, but I don't think <laughs> Pressburger was involved in that one. Great, like really great movies. And this is one I hadn't seen yet, where Dev- David Niven is an RAF pilot. The movie opens with him about to crash his plane. And he makes his last communication with an American uh, woman auxiliary officer who is manning the radio station in England. And they amazingly hit it off while he's plummeting to a fiery death. He decides to bail out of his plane. He'd rather jump than burn up. Mm-hmm. And it's so foggy that the man sent from heaven to get him misses him. So oh. he so he awakes on the beach completely alive, not a scratch on him, and 
the guy who was sent, the angel was sent to get him, who was this kind of French fop who was killed during the French Revolution. Uh, so he's got a scarf around his neck that he won't take off because his head would fall off. Mm. Uh, he's <laughs> So it's a cross between a movie and, and an uh, old campfire tale. Yeah. Well, kind of, in a way. But he keeps, he says to him, you have to come with me. And David Niven refuses to. He's in love with this woman. He doesn't right. want to go. The woman is good friends with a psych- with a neurologist who thinks that this is all going on inside of David Niven's head. And David Niven says that I want to appeal to the highest court in heaven to get this so that I don't have to go. Like, oh. I deserve to stay on Earth. I don't want to tell everything that happens. But, like, every- all the sequences set on Earth are in color. And all these sequences set in heaven are in black and white. It's just, like, a really, like, Take sweet... Take that, heaven. Take that, yeah. <laughs> it's a really sweet You're movie. You're Kansas and- in this scenario. <laughs> but, like, it's, there- it's such a well-made movie. And it's so good. And, like, it's very funny at times. And it's very touching at other times and the way it's shot is just absolutely beautiful like they hmm. never they always are looking for interesting ways to shoot things that don't look crazy but they just look interesting there's something about the way that Powell and Pressburger in their movies shoot objects in this kind of mid-40s very rich color that is that just looks beautiful like they, everything has this very like firm three-dimension feel to it hmm. uh, that a lot of movies don't get it's like very painterly colors but everything feels like it's in three dimensions so it was a really good movie. I highly recommend it. I'm going to check that out. Do it. It's called A Matter of Life and Death, but the DVD right now, it was released in America under the title Stairway to Heaven. So oh, yeah. the DVD mm. release, I think, is titled I've, Stairway to Heaven. Okay. I've heard it under that name. Okay, but I've the original title was A Matter of Life and Death, which I think is a better title. Mm. So, yeah, Because there's there's a song called right, Stairway to Heaven. Which we all know. Don't play it, Dan. No. Don't play it. Well, I'm not oh. going to... I mean, the, the music rights alone would... You know, yeah, the because the, the you pay for the music rights on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't. I don't. I don't use any uh, copyrighted material. Although I don't think. I, yeah, I don't think that the remaining uh, members of Led Zeppelin would mm. probably would track me down. No, <laughs> you probably. Don't, you not, never know. Right. This this professional gentleman in Norway found you. So mm-hmm. so guys, I think we better wrap it up because I can. I can hear Elliot's uh, allergies kicking in the longer he's in my cat-filled apartment. <laughs> it's just the one cat, but it does feel cat-filled. <laughs> cat yeah, <laughs> like it's not like we're like pushing open the door because there's so many cats in that it's hard to mm. open the door. We got to squeeze through these piles of cats. So we have a sketch about that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't see that one. Oh, I that's, did not see that one. It's for a later date. Yeah, Elliot's got to come out and see another Mr. White Pants. Yeah, the that's one right. I saw last time I liked a lot. Boom. Yeah. Man, that Matt Koff, he is sure is funny. He is the All breakout right. star. He is yep. the best guy on that stage. I gotta All tell right. You. Okay. There Talent, we go. Talent like the sun, and then you got a couple, like, okay. I guess, rocks that are with sure. him. Right. Just well, outshines uh, the moon. You know yeah. what? If I was a six-foot-four guy with glasses and slightly strange, like, I would be funny, too. <laughs> no, you guys are Just fine. Kidding. You guys are fine. But oh, that shut guy, up. He is. <laughs> well, on that note. So, Stairway to Heaven. I'd like to say <laughs> good night. Or good morning, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> or good uh-huh. afternoon. For it's the a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Really, it's uh, two-order entertainment. <laughs> That's right. Whenever you want it. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. On demand. For the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. And I'm Megan O'Neill. And I remain Elliot Kalen. <laughs> good night. <laughs> good night. Thank you. That was, that was adorable. so that polite. Was to, that was to you guys. Thanks, guys. <laughs> That's when things got weird. That's when Dan turned into a gay monster. <laughs>